Hey, thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from our guest speaker. I want to introduce our speaker. Um, how many of you guys know Josh Brady? You don't know him, Trenton? Okay. Okay, guys. Guys, Josh, he is a prophet. Some of the most accurate words I've ever gotten in my life have come from him. Whoever, who here got a word from Josh before? How many was it spot on? Yes. Okay. So it says if you honor a prophet, you receive a prophet's reward. So I want all of you guys, I don't know if he's going to prophesy, I don't know what he's going to do, but I want you to posture your hearts to receive something from God and something supernatural. Okay. Josh, why don't you come on up? Hey, make some noise. Come on. Come on. Uh, It's so good to be with you guys tonight. I'm so excited about what's been going on here. You know, a a lot of times when I go places, I had, I had, I just want to share this because I feel like it's, it's something stirring in here that's very unusual. And I, I was the last few weeks. I remember I went to this thing called the bridge, which was with youth, but it was with youth and corrections. And it was about, it was about like two years ago. But my heart was so longing for it because when I went there, I started telling stories, I started doing all this stuff, and it was early in the morning and they were just sleeping on me. You know, it's like my best story, which normally gets, I worked in youth ministry for 13 years in the inner city in one of the most dangerous cities in, in the United States called Camden, you know, so, you know, I'm used to being around youth. And so I was sharing these stories and they were just sleeping. And so I was like, I'm just going to call people up and have them pray for each other. So I called them up. They started praying for each other. And all of a sudden the power of God showed up. And one kid started sharing, like, oh, God just took me back to this place when I was severely hurt, and I've been holding a grudge, and he just freed me from this place. And another kid was just like, I felt God burning in my hands. And another kid was like, look at my hands right now. And we looked, and he had oil on his hands. And there's just this crazy, and he just, I mean, I didn't believe that it was oil at first, but it looked like oil. It was big drops of oil. It was like, I mean, everything was oil. I was like, is that water? You know, but in the end, I couldn't, I like, I couldn't convince myself it was water because it looked like oil, you know. And so, uh, and then all of a sudden, God just started pouring out. And these kids that are in this facility, because they've done something wrong in this correctional, they all started getting on their knees and just started praying and crying out to God. The, like, a bunch of kids accepted Christ. Everyone, pretty much almost everyone else renewed their relationship with Christ. And then some other things started happening. One, one kid actually started getting a little bit of... Uh, uh, one kid that was on demonized stuff started getting cold, and we start, everybody started praying for them and releasing them, releasing freedom. And I've just been thinking about these this last three weeks because I feel like uh, normally I come to places and I think, all right, God, what do you have for them? What could I prophesy over people and stuff? And tonight I just felt like I was coming and saying, Lord, what do you want to release? Because I've been longing for that, and I didn't know how to steward that at the time. You know, and I was like, man, I wish I would have pushed in because when that stuff happens, sometimes if you're in a weird place, people are like, what just happened? What's going on? You know, what's wrong with you that you came in and that happens? Like, nothing's wrong with me. God's doing something amazing. And I just feel like God's doing something amazing in this place. And I don't know what signs will follow, but I feel like there's going to be some signs that are following. I have something specifically to share with you, but before I do, I just, we just want, I just want you to put your hand on the person aside of you appropriately. I know Ben's been doing this. 
uh, all night, but I feel like we're just getting surcharged for it. And I just want you, to, I'm going to just ask God would speak to you, and I just want you to speak a few things, just pray from your heart. I want you to try to pray prophetically a little bit if you can think of something, you know, and, and just start speaking to them. So, Lord, right now I ask that you just fall in just a new and different way. We didn't come so that we can have the same thing, but we came for a new thing, and you've been falling, and we want to grab a hold of what we're doing. We've known the youth in this church. I knew the, I knew the fire was going to fall on the youth in this church. I knew it. I knew it when Josh, even before Josh said he was coming here, I, I mean, I just, we, I knew it was going to come, and Lord, so we just want more. We want to steward this thing well so that, that these kids burn for God and see things that, uh, that I haven't seen yet, that the world hasn't seen yet, that they experience his love in ways that overwhelm them. So Lord, that you just start pouring yourself out right now, just even as I'm talking, even through the whole message, through the whole night, Lord, that you do something new. We ask that you do something new, but ask right now that you'd put something in their mind and in their heart that makes them burn harder for you and, and that they can release to the friend aside of them. So right now, just pray, just pray, uh, just pray for the person on your right. And as if you feel God, if you feel God in some kind of ways, and I, you know, you, you know when you feel God, but if you feel God come on, on you, just raise your hand at that time, all right? So just start praying right now. Just, just pray into him. We just bless you, Lord. We just bless you. We just bless everyone in here. And I just feel like as we're, as we're praying, I just saw the Lord, and I just feel like, I just saw, I saw it earlier to you, but I just saw, feel like some of your, your heads are almost going to start to burn. You know, I've been getting actually a sensation for the last months and stuff where sometimes I'm worshiping God and my head gets hot. You know, and I thought initially it was my shampoo, so I stopped using that same shampoo because I thought... <laughs> it was burning my head, you know, like it was, something was reacting, and my head was burning, so I switched shampoos, you know, and uh, it still kept burning, so I was like, it's not the shampoo, it's got to be God, which happens to me all the time with, when God shows up in a new way, I don't understand it, I think it's just something natural, you know, so, uh, but it keeps burning, and I know, I mean, now I know it's God, happened to me with my hand one time, it was like, I was I walked around the mall and I was just it was a time where I was just praising God and my hand started like it's it started feeling like numb and crazy and I thought something was wrong I was like why am I losing numbness in my hand and it was a long time when I was new and uh, so I went for like months thinking is this God or is this just something wrong with me and then this prophetic guy came up and he's like I see the healing power of God and in, in, I think in your left hand I was like that's that's what it is thank goodness that I'm not going crazy you know so. How do you tell, you know, when God's showing up and when it's something new and, you know, you just, you just kind of learn through this thing. So uh, there's been other times where I walk into the store and I feel a heat fly over me. And I'm like, whoa, God, you're here. And then I look up and the heater's just blowing right on me. And it's like, oh, no, that's not, that's nothing. That's <laughs> at the store heater, you know. But <laughs> so, ah, oh, man. So, so I just feel like this is, I feel like God's going to keep increasing as we're going. A few of you guys, like a bunch of you guys raised your hands. Um, I saw you guys, uh, that God was doing something on you, but I feel like it's going to increase in the message. So even as you're hearing it tonight, just be ready for it. 
uh, just be ready for it and just be, ga- you know, be prepared because as we're talking and I'm talking and releasing things, it's not just the words, but it's the spirit that comes and shifts things and changes things. And even if it's the best message ever, it's a lousy message if Holy Spirit doesn't show up and change things and do things, you know. So, uh, so I just felt like, I feel like there's a generation coming that's going to learn who they are. And if you see what's going on right now, that you can see that, that the, there's such perversion and they're trying to destroy the young people, like the rates of suicide and stuff. And, and you know what? That doesn't depress me because it, it anger, it, it's anger that, that rises up that the devil's trying to destroy the young people in America, and I see it happening. But it actually, it, what's exciting about it is whatever the devil's doing and attacking, it's because God's about to do an outpouring that you've never seen before, and the enemy's trying to dismantle it. And I just feel like right now, you know, you don't know when you're, you know, how do you know when you're, you're in something special until you look around and, and you get farther into it, you know? But I feel like there's something really special going on here. You know, I feel like there's been generations of people and young people and older people that have longed to experience God in the ways that you're about to experience God in this place. You know, it's people that have prayed their whole life, sat down and prayed for things and never encountered the Holy Spirit like you guys are going to encounter the Holy Spirit because of their prayers and because of what God's doing and how he's opening up hearts. And, you know, it's like when you're in it, sometimes you don't value it, but when you don't have it, you long for it more than anything else. And I can honestly say the best times in my life, the best times is when the Holy Spirit comes and fills me up. There's nothing better that, and there's nothing that compares. You know, David says, I'd rather spend one day in your courts than a thousand days elsewhere. Now, you may not know what that means, you know, to you, but to me, you know, God actually just told me this a few seconds before I came up. He's like, what that means is my presence for a day is better than the best things in this world for thousands of years. My presence on you in a day is more transforming and better, better than a thousand days of the best things in this world. You, you understand, you can have the best things in this world and not even want to live. You know, isn't it funny that Robin Williams, he killed himself. He was one of the actors. He, he went to the highest level of comedy, maybe one of the greatest of all times. He could, have, he could have dinner with anybody he wanted. He had money. He had resources. He could fly anywhere. He could go on vacation anywhere. He could do anything he wants. And yet something, the enemy so attacked him and frustrated him and, and angered him that he hated himself enough and life was so worth, worthless that he killed himself. And I feel so bad for people that live their whole life trying to chase things that at the end, if they get them, it's, good, it's only going to be more empty. They actually have more joy in their pursuit of it, which they, there's no joy in their pursuit of it. I think a lot of it's because it's we created this idea that it's like a rat race. You know, did you ever hear that term, we're all in a rat race? I don't know. Raise your hand if you ever heard that. You know, I've heard Chris Valentin said, uh, he probably stole it from someone else, though, but I heard him say, you know, the problem with you being in a rat race, at the end of the race, even if you win, you're still a rat. You can think about that one. But I feel like, I feel like, you know, the, I was, I was, you know, God just talks to me, you know, different times, and God talked to me, and he's like, you know, the devil tries to make you think and tries to, 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 uh, make you think that you're like a rat. He's like, the devil's tricks are so simple that it's like so simple 
but it's like he tries to make you think you're a rat. And he's like, the, the, the trap is like this. And he puts a little, like, he puts a little cheese on it. You know another word that we used to use for cheese was money? Sometimes you, another, when it, it developed, it was like cheddar. Anybody ever heard, you got, I got cheddar? It's like an old term. You, you heard it, right? Did you say, yeah? You got it. It's one of us. Wait, have you ever heard that? Like, I got cheddar maybe in a movie or something. I don't know. But it's like, so he makes you put, now there's nothing wrong with money, but the love of money is the root of all evil. If you love it, if you pursue it and not pursue God, but you pursue money and esteem, it says it's the root of all evil. You know, money can do a lot of good. It can save orphans. It can do awesome things. But it's like he puts a little cheese on this thing, and he puts it in easy access. He tries to make you take a shortcut to what God actually wants you to have, and he tells you you're a rodent. Like, you're, he, he, either you're a rat or you're a mouse. Either you're a fearful, little, n- worthless person, or you're a rodent, or you're deceitful, wrong, evil. And he tries to tell you that you're different than who you are. And then he takes this thing, and he puts a little cheese, and he puts it right in front of you, trying to give you easy access to try to pursue it. And then you go and pursue it, and you don't, you see, you, a lot of times people see what's there. They'll lie, they'll cheat, they'll do things, they'll take things from people else to try to get ahead, right? And they think it's just harmless, you know, until they step on the thing, and it snaps, and it actually hurts them, kills them, s- keeps traps them, right? Does that make sense? Here's another one. I don't have it, but there's, there's, there's like the poison, you know, poison is like when we, tr- I, you know, when, we, when you're going after rats, poison, like that little purple stuff, it imitates itself as it's like it's food, but it's actually something entirely different because when rats eat it, they get killed. Does that make sense? It's like they think it smells and looks like food, kind of like McDonald's. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Hey, I'm sorry. I repent if anybody loved McDonald's. All right, I repent. They think it looks like food. You know, a lot of times, you know, I don't have anything against alcohol. I do have something against getting drunk, right? Because not that it's like, oh, you're so bad, but it's like, hey, you were made for greatness. Greatness is inside of you, and things, if you're living for something like drinking every night, it's destroying who you are. And I feel bad for people that are caught up in it. Do you understand? The things, it's not like the law, like, oh, God's trying to, trying to make you not have fun. It's like, no, God actually loves you so much, and he sees so much in you. He was willing to die for you, and he, ha- he will not stop until there's nothing short of you accomplishing everything he had for you to fulfill. And he doesn't want you getting caught in stupid rat traps. And there's a thing like, and there's a thing like poison where it imitates like it's food, but it, when you eat it, it actually is destructive. And I think a lot of times like alcohols like that, you know, people go and get drunk every night. And I'm not, I'm not against having a drink, but I'm against having drunk, getting drunk or underage drinking or all that kind of stuff. You know, a lot of times it's like Jesus made water into wine. I've heard this. Jesus made water into wine and the church made it into grape juice. Yeah, you don't get that, but, but. <laughs> Ben Ben loved it, so <laughs> it's a good joke. Yeah, so so 
But there's, it's, face it, and people live for that. They think that's exciting to go around, gather, and to get drunk. You know, it's an imitation that God wanted to pour his spirit out on all flesh, that you'd prophesy, that you'd encounter him, that you'd be filled up with joy. It's an imitation reality that the world does, because the world doesn't know God, so they have an imitation reality, and they live in that cycle where that's the highest thing. And you know what? In the morning they have headaches and they feel lousy, you know, and, you know, you're supposed to look good. But yet when you're drinking, you know, it, most people, you ever hear of beer belly? It's like people that drink, it like even messes their body up. It, it's just destructive. And it's like, well, this is the highest thing. This is what's fun and exciting. It's like, no, God actually had something really exciting for you. It's so simple. It's just like. It's like there's nothing that you think in this world that's, gr- that's good or great that God doesn't have that's better than that. You know, there's no fake poison that's better than the real thing. And sometimes maybe there's these things like sticky traps. This is a sticky trap. You just put these down, right? And you kind of, and you know, you put something on here that attracts, attracts mice. You want to hold it? It sticks to you. <laughs> it's attracted to. It. But you put, you put it down here. You put it down here, and you know, I think a lot of times this is this is how the enemy tries to get you with sexual stuff. It puts it down here, and you stick to it. The mice thinks it's like. You, it makes it easy access. You put it in a structure that's, that's dangerous and deadly for you. And it comes there and you get stuck to it. And the only way to get off is actually you, you tear, you know, when you mess around with sexual stuff, you, when you try to get free of it, it's like you tear yourself apart. When you have sex outside of marriage and you try to get free of that, it's like you ripped something apart of you away. And it's like, can God redeem it? Yeah. But is there pain when you rip your skin off, God can redeem anything to the fullest, anything fully redeem it like it never happened. But do you experience great pain when that thing gets ripped off? Excruciating pain. You know, I, I worked in the inner city, so, I mean, I had young kids getting pregnant at like 13 years old. I mean, I, like that wasn't uncommon in the group, you know, in the youth group and stuff. And and if I would go to them, I I would go to them. I try to I trick them a little bit, and I'd be like, I'd say to a lot of the girls, I'd like, who hates guys always cheating on you, having girls in their cell phones, you know, when they're dating you? Who hates who who hates you know guys always looking at other women when they're around you, not treating you with respect, not being kind, you know, not not having their eyes focused on you, and and all the girls would be like, yeah, we hate that, we hate that. And I'd be like, do you, do you, do you want to be free from that? And they'd be like, yeah, we want to be free. And I was like, well, that's why God saves sex for marriage. And then they'd be like, oh. It's like, oh, it's hard to receive. But that's why God saves sex for marriage. He actually put it in a safe place so that you can be ultimately vulnerable, but, but ultimately fulfilled. But the enemy tries to make it like, puts it on like a sticky trap. So you come in, you try to rip off, it rips a part of you off. And then you go, you go to another trap, it rips a part of you off. And you live like that, tearing yourself apart and pretending like you're not, pretending like it's fun. 
See, there's something amazing about what God has for you. He wants the best things for you. And I understand. Do you, do you, do you understand why, why things are so, why the world, you know, most, most women, if I asked you to look in this mirror, and this, this would go for guys too, but if I asked you to look in this mirror, you'd be like, I'd be like, find what you love about yourself. You may give me something. I said, find what's wrong with you. You, you could probably tell me 10 things right away that you wish you could improve on, of your face, of your body, of your features. Do you know, you know why that is? Because companies make millions of dollars on telling you that you need something more. I mean, billions of dollars, actually. Like, if you're good just the way you are, you don't need to buy something to make yourself complete. You don't need to buy the dress. You don't need to buy special shoes. You don't need to you know, get the special makeup. You don't, like, you don't need to do all that stuff to make yourself complete, right? There's nothing wrong with it. You can do it because you want to have fun and enjoy it, but you don't need it. So you probably won't buy as much of it or run to the store and it won't sell out. But if they tell you there's something wrong with you and this is what you need for your life to be right, man, you're going to come in and you're going to rush the store and they're going to make millions of dollars, off the lie that they sold you that there's something wrong with you. How can, how can there be something wrong with you when Jesus made everything right with you? Like, how, how can it happen? You know, it's like we look in the mirror, and it's like it's hard to like what we see. But it's the biggest lie. It's the biggest lie, and, and you can, you know, it's like sometimes... I'm just talking to women. I'll talk to guys in a second. But sometimes it's like you could have everything. Women get plastic surgery. Women that are, you know, supposed to be at the top of their game and everybody looks at them, they're getting plastic surgery because they don't still don't think they're pretty enough. It never ends. It's like I wish I was lost 10 pounds and looked like this and my nose was different and my eyes were different. It's like it never ends. It never. It never ends. You just go on unhappy with you the way you look. And ultimately, sometimes the way you are. Do you know that, do you understand that you're made in the image of God? And the parts of you that don't like, you're either deceived or they're not you. Either you don't like something about yourself because you don't understand how beautiful it is in God's eyes. And that he has a person for you out there that it's going to be more amazing than you ever dreamed of because the Holy Spirit's in it. That doesn't matter how else you look, that that person that's out there for you is going to, connect, is going to be with you. And you never want to change that relationship when you actually get married. So your fa- your, how you, you know, if you wish you looked different, it's not going to be any better than how it is now because he made you like that. Or... There's some part of you where you're like, you're afraid, you get angry easy, you get jealous. And you guess what? That's not actually you. That's you reacting to a, a God where you don't understand his goodness. Because fear, jealousy, you were never made like that. You were made complete. You were made fearless. You were made bold. You were created to do things that no one's seen before. You were created to live in a way. That, that turns people's heads and say, what just happened? Either it's not you, 
or you're deceived and you don't you you actually should love what what you're despising. Just the reality. And a guy's a lot of times the physical stuff is there, but a lot of times it's like you know, as you especially as you get older, you you know, you guys are young, but it's like how successful are you? Even now, like how successful are you? You know, how successful are you at sports? How successful are you at your job? Are you moving up? You know, how much money do you have? That kind of stuff. Because it rates you. It's like, well, your job determines how valuable you are. It's like so stupid. How can you have value from a job, even a good job, if Jesus already gave you your value? He thought that it was worth his life to die and so that you could live. It's like he passed the baton. I mean, I don't know if that means something to you, but to me it means everything. Because I've been places where it's like I've had huge honors, but I've been places where it's like I didn't even want to live. It's like I've been in so much pain. I'd like, I don't even know how to live. I mean, I'm just being real. It's like, I don't know, like, if I don't have him, I don't have anything. I don't care if I'm like a billionaire or not. It's like, if I'm a billionaire without Jesus, please, someone take me now. Because I don't want to be like that. There's nothing out there that's that worthwhile. Except for him. I mean, I've, I've been in a place where I so condemn myself. And I'm just, I mean, I, hopefully this isn't too much for you. But I'm, uh, it's, it's happened. I so condemned myself. I so hated myself that a demonic spirit actually came on me and I felt pain worse than I've ever felt in my life. Like, I couldn't move because I was hating myself so much. It was like, froze me. And I got so scared of that pain, I stopped hating myself, not because I didn't want to hate myself, because I was so disappointed in myself for things I've done and stuff like that. And I was like, so... But I stopped because I was so scared of the pain and the thing left. You know, it couldn't get there if I didn't agree with it. And I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you this stuff because the enemy's traps are so, it's like, I want your eyes to be open to the stupidity that the world, like, it's not the people aren't stupid, but it's, it's their eyes are veiled to the goodness of God. When I'm hurting and in pain, this is my prayer. I say, God, I'm, you know, if something happens and I'm missing out on something or something went wrong or, you know, a job, you know, like opportunity didn't come or something happening in my relationship that's really painful. It's like, and I'm struggling. I'm like, Lord, help me understand your goodness in this er area because I don't understand it. I don't, I know you're good all the time and I know you're good right now. Help me to understand your goodness because I think there's a lack and I think this thing is going to overtake me, but I know it's not because you're good. So help me to live like that. Just live my life asking God to shift and change things in me. You know what the whole beauty about this thing is? The rat traps, the glue traps, the poison, it's all not tempting when you realize you're not a rat, that you're actually a son and daughter. You get to go in the house and the Lord provides everything for you and you get to actually live out of a place. Have you ever been tempted? I shouldn't actually ask this to the young people. (laughs) It's like I've never been tempted to eat the cheese off the trap. Now, some of you guys are a little crazy, so I won't say, you know, you can get into stuff. But I've never, it's never tempting, you know, maybe you do it because you're a risk taker. But, like, there's nothing tempting to take the stuff off the trap. Because I know I'm a son. I'm not a rat. 
I don't need to settle for that stuff. Who wants to live in the sewer when you live in the palace? It's like we've had this idea where it's like the world has fun and the Christians and the Christians don't. It's like, that's so stupid. It's like, well, you go and you're having fun in the world and now you're going to pay for that later. It's like, no, you're paying for it now. And so like, if you don't know Jesus, you'll pay for it later because you missed them. You missed love. It's like, what is hell? I think hell is just absence of God, absence of love. If you don't grab hold of God, you know, if you don't grab hold of him now, you don't get him later. But all you have to do is choose him now. It's love. You know, where there's no love, it's painful. It's like they're paying for it now. You're in the world. You think you're having fun, but you're not having fun because every time you try to have fun, it leaves you more empty, more dry, and you don't realize who you are. You're sons and daughters, and we say that, but it's like that has to mean something. I worked in the inner city, and the Lord, my, my wife, who's in the back there right there, whoever waved to some everybody. My wife told me, it's like, hey, I want to go out. At first, she wanted to go in the street and start preaching the gospel, just like with a mic. And I was like, ha, we can't. I don't even have the equipment. She's like, all right, well, let's just go pray for people. So, I, so you know, I, I held back because I lived in Camden, you know, when I was in the inner city working there. And I knew that if I took her out, I can't protect her. It's one thing if something happens to me, but it's another thing if something happens to her. And I can't protect her. Like, you know, it's like, what am I going to do with guys, guns, and different things or four guys against like I'm not gonna you know there's nothing I can do so I held off about kind of walking the streets praying for people but I heard God say go do it so we went out and we went out a few times and we started seeing different things happen but one specific time we were we went to North Camden and we were walking down and the Latin king started coming down the street and my wife took off and she ran up to the Latin kings and she said can I pray for you guys? And they had their little, like, bandana things, and the, the guy, the leader, like, put it up over his nose and just looked angry, and they walked past us. And so we just kept walking, and we got down about 30 feet, and this old guy was like, hey, come back here, come back here. You know, and I was like, what is the old guy? He's like, he's like these guys want, want to talk to you. He, like, he, the old guy was doing the bidding of the, young, the younger guys, you know. And so we walked back, and I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. And as we walked back, the guy said, "You want to, the leader was like, you want to pray for us? Pray for us. And my wife was like, what do you want us to pray for you for? He's like, I want to repent. And he started to repent, and we started calling God, and the Holy Spirit started showing up, and each one came up to us for prayer, and we started speaking into their life, and they were visibly moved. You know, some were tearing up. Some were just, were just like, everybody was gathering around. They got so excited that when their buddies drove up in the car, the one guy said, you got to pray for my guys, and he sprinted, and I sprinted after him, and we went, and we started praying for the guys in the car, and just speaking life over it, over them, and you can see when the Holy Spirit shows up. You know, if the Holy Spirit doesn't show up in that situation, those guys aren't tearing up. They're doing something else. It's like, it's a great story when it goes great, but if it doesn't go great... Some, you know, you're putting, your, you're putting yourself at risk. But I read in Scripture that, you know, you know, before David, anybody hear of David in Scripture? Before David went in Goliath, you know, there was a sheep, and the lion grabbed the sheep and left, 
and David ran after the lion. Now, how do you know to run after the lion because God's going to deliver him into your hands? Like, why wouldn't the lion just kill you? But it says, David ran after the lion. Like, if any of you guys did that, that'd be a problem. Because <laughs> you're certainly going to die. Unless God shows up. And then you'll live. But if he doesn't, you're dead. But it says the lion was ready to spring on David. And David grabbed him by the, <laughs> by the beard, like the mane. And he struck him, probably with his staff. It doesn't say what, but he probably struck him with his staff. And he killed the lion. Now, I don't know if you know how hard lions' heads are or how impossible that actually is to do, but you could probably strike a lion 50 times with your most powerful shot, and he'd laugh at you and then eat you. <laughs> I mean, in the natural, that's true, but somehow, when he struck him, it killed the lion because of what the Holy Spirit was doing. You know, the same thing, he said the same thing happened with a bear. You ever see a bear? Their skin is so thick. I'm telling you, you could beat that thing all day. It would be like it would, you were tickling its back. You're like scratching its back. But somehow when David did it, it killed him. So Goliath wasn't a big deal. But, uh, you know, right after that, right after, we, after the Holy Spirit showed up on that gang, in the Latin Kings, we walked down the street, and I saw this guy, and I said, I feel like the devil's tried to kill you. It's not something I normally say to someone. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I was trying to do tattoo prophecy. You know, I just, I didn't know anything about it, but I was like, hey, I'm just going to try it. And it looked weird, and so I was like, I feel like the devil's tried to kill you. He's like, actually, I previously had been shot six times. He's like, and, you know, he lifted up his shirt, and I'm like, okay, okay, I believe you. <laughs> You know, is, I was like, is there any effects from those shots? He's like, yeah, I, my feet get numb. It's like, are they numb right now? He's like, yeah. And I just I like grabbed his hand. I was like, just command that to leave right now. And he fri flipped out. He flipped out. He was like, I can't believe it. They're perfectly normal again. Like, I feel them. Like, you don't understand. They were just hurt. Like, you don't, like, seriously, they were just, like, didn't I tell you? His girlfriend was like there. He's like, didn't I tell you that they were, like, numb? And now, like, didn't I just tell you they were numb? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're completely, they feel great. Why? Because Jesus showed up in the place. It's like everything shifted. I mean, that happens so many times. It's like, if there's nothing special. It's about sons and daughters recognizing who they are and going into places and bringing light like never before. And it, it's like, it's, you know, there's people hiding in churches and all that kind of stuff. And I know it's like you don't see stuff. But if you go by what you see, you'll never encounter what God actually has for you. Because you're sons and daughters and you get to dream with him and experience him in new ways and, and, and search, searching out for him. And you get to be love. You know, I have felt lo the love of God so much that I feel like I'm going to blow up. Like, I feel like I can't contain. I, f I remember a specific time. It's like I was just praising God, and God came on me so much. I was like, God, this is, over this is overwhelming. I don't even know what to do. What should I do? It's like, and I was having a terrible day, but yet God showed up on me, and something shifted. It's like, oh, how can you have a terrible day when the presence is overwhelming? You know, and really it wasn't a terrible day. It was just a hard day. It's like we don't really have bad days. We just have hard days because in any day, God can shift things and change things and, and, and radically, you know, transform things. But sometimes things are hard. 
But God showed up so much that I was like, felt, I felt like I was ready to explode. And because the spirit was there and the music, we were playing this music, like break every chain and God was showing up. And then our neighbor, neighbor was like, I, I can't get enough of that song. I bought that song myself. And now he, he started playing break every chain on the, on the thing. Because why? Because he felt the spirit of God come on him. And he wasn't like a church person. I think maybe he knew church, but he was definitely doing everything else but church. But he experienced the Holy Spirit, and he wanted that thing. It's like the best thing in the world. It's the best thing in the world. And you guys are young, and you have a choice what you're going to pursue. And I think it's like so many things I think are good. Like it's money can do so much good. I, I was just in Mer- Merida, Mexico, with Randy, the first person I prayed for. This lady, she had a shoulder that she couldn't move or she couldn't squeeze her hand. And within a minute, she was raising her hand, praising God, saying, I knew this day was going to come. I knew this. I mean, I'm just sharing a few miracles. There's a lot more. And they're not for me. It's for every, like, it's like everybody. I feel like you guys will see more than I ever wished I could see. She was raising her hand, praising God, and she looked me in the eyes and tears flowing down, and it's like I couldn't handle it because it was like she she couldn't she couldn't move her arm for a year, and she couldn't squeeze her hand, and she's a poor lady. She probably couldn't get hospital stuff because we were out in the village, and she was like, and she's like so bad, and she was a, such a servant. She had such a servant heart. I could feel it on her, and she tried to help people, but she couldn't do anything with it. And in an instant, God healed her arm after a year of pain. In a year of not being able to move or squeeze and not knowing what she's going to do, her arm just gets healed. And she's looking at me crying, saying, I knew this day would come. And it overwhelmed me. I was like, hey, if I had a house, I'd give a house. I don't even have a house. I have an apartment, but I don't have a house. But if I had, I'd give, I'd give my house and live in an apartment for that moment. Because what's valuable? Like, I'd give my new car and have drive an old car for that moment. Because who cares about a car? Like, fine if you have a car it's great if you have a nice car fantastic but it's nothing compared to seeing someone transformed or changed or when they're broken you just look into their eyes and they're just completely overwhelmed with God because God decided to use you that day I've had so many experiences where I see people overwhelmed you know I speak something into their life and they're overwhelmed because I just decide to step out when I start prophesying I start prophesying on Facebook and I didn't know, I started, I prophesied like 10 times. I was like, to 10 people, and I, and I just like spoke prophecies, and I didn't even know if they were right. But if they weren't, people were going to be like, you're nuts. But I was like, I got to do something. And then I started getting these, I got two late girls that had a bunch of people reply, but two girls said, I was going away from God, and I got your word, and I feel like God actually knows me, loves me, and sees what I've been through, and I'm going to come back to him. Two people. My wife has had struggles with suicidal stuff. Like, she just, back there, she, if, you, if you meet her, she's the most joyful person. That's not because she was raised in this amazing home and everything went well. It's because in the midst of her pain and despair, she encountered God in a way that few people do. And it just shifted things in her life and started to transform her. But she put a video out because she's like, I can't stand suicide in, in young people and people. So she put a video talking about suicide. And this person responded back to her, back to them. And she prays for people all the time and sees sh- changes and shiftings and stuff. But this guy responded back to her and said, hey, 
hey, uh, he, he, he said, hey, I, I'm, I feel like I'm going to commit suicide. I'm tired of living. And, and, you know, and she tried to respond. And, you know, he was just like, I'm going to, I'm just going to kill myself. And so I, she put out a request because I wasn't around. But to anybody, she's like, hey, this, this guy, you know, said he's going to kill himself. If anybody has something for him to, to friends and all that kind of stuff, you know, and I, you know pray for him or that kind of stuff. And I saw the request because I was away traveling, and I was like, I got to do something. And so I thought, like, do I have a word for him? And nothing popped in my head. But I was like, I got to do something. So if I try and I fail, okay, I tried and I failed. But if I don't do nothing and he actually kills himself, I don't know if I can, <laughs> I don't know if I can live with that. Like, I mean, I, I obviously live, can live with it. God can forgive me, but I just don't wanna, want to live with it. Do you understand? And so I gave him this word, and I said, hey, I feel like, y- you know, there's a creative side of you, and the, you love the comics, and I was like, I feel like you have a younger sister that would really miss you, and I, I said a few other things that were specific. I can't remember what it was, but it either the word was either right or it was wrong. It wasn't like I could guess it. You know, like the chances of me getting it were, if it was either was God or it wasn't, were like one in a thousand kind of thing, that the pieces of information. And I, I released it, and I was like, we'll see, you know. And about a week went by, and he wrote back, and he's like, when you're, to my wife, and he said, when your husband released that word to me, it felt, it felt like God actually knew me and understood me and loved me. And it changed things, and I'm still around. My wife back there has prayed for people, and I'm going to wrap up real shortly, but my wife has prayed for people at Walmart, and she's seen a lot of people healed. But maybe one of the most radical things she did is she went up, and she asked the lady at Walmart if she could pray for her. And all of a sudden, the lady starts sharing what's going on, and she starts sharing how good Jesus was. And and she started praying for him, listened to the lady, poured her heart out, and at the end, at the end of it, the lady actually looked at my wife and said, I feel, I, I feel like I can forgive the rapist that raped me when I was younger. And she was an old lady, like an old lady in her 40s. Because of what God did in that moment, <laughs> he just came in and shifted something in her heart. It's like that doesn't happen because you have a good word. It happens because the Holy Spirit's there. And I feel just right now, it's like, I'm, I'm honestly, it's like, there's nothing, listen, if you knew my life, you'd know, you, you would know a lot of, like, it's like, hey, it's like, this didn't work out, like, I was trying to be a, pa- like, I was in youth ministry for a long time, I, I would try to be a pastor for three months, and I pretty much went and closed a church, and uh, then I went to something else, and it didn't work, and, like, I'm telling you things that God did, but he did in the midst of, like, failure and obstacles and feeling like a failure and I remember I was at one of my lowest points feeling completely terrible about myself and I'm walking down the street and there's no one around and I hear a voice and it says there's the man of God and I look around and I'm like did someone yell that down there but there was no one there and no one even knew me in that area and I walked back, and I was like, God, you just told me I'm a man of God, but I feel like such a loser. I feel like so, like, I just, everything's failed for the last years. How, what are you talking about? You must, you must not know what you're talking about, God. 
I'm telling you, he sees things in you about who you are. It's like when I see people, I don't think there's just a person. I think there's a woman of God. There's a man of God right here. When I prophesy, I already know you're a woman or a man of God. Even if you're a kid, it's like, do I think that you, do I think that you can go pray for someone with cancer and get them healed? Yes, I do. I think you can. I think you can. I think you can see diseases just go against. And you know what? If you pray and it doesn't work the first time, let it be a longing for more so that it will work the second time. Look, I've seen people die after I pray for them. It doesn't stop that God's good and that he wants them healed. It's like you keep going. It gives you a longing for it because it's like the next time God's going to show up and that person's going to be healed. And then there's moments where it's like the Holy Spirit's pouring, pouring itself out in unusual ways like it is right now in this group. And there's moments like that. And it's like, let's grab a hold of it and run with it. Because if you run with this now, it will change everything about your life. It will change everything about your life. Because when, you know, you know, just a moment in God change shifts things. I just want to say, if you see Paul's life, you know, he was beaten with, with a whip. 29 or 39 lashes, one shorter death five times. He was beaten with rods three times. He was stoned once. He was shipwrecked how many times? You know, Paul in the Bible, Paul of Tarsus. <laughs> and, he, and, he's, and he says things like, rejoice in persecution because persecution builds character. You know, like he says weird stuff like that. It's like most people, if they had one of those things happen to them, they'd be in counseling for 30 years. But Paul goes through all that, and he tells you, rejoice in persecution because it builds character. And character builds hope, and hope doesn't disappoint you. Never disappoints you. You know, I'm not talking to the youth tonight. I'm not talking to the B team. I really feel like I'm talking to world changers that are going to start to shift things in this arena. I really want to be here more than any other place because I feel like that's who I'm talking to. And it feels like an honor to be here to be able to give a message to a group of young people that I feel like if you handle this thing right and you take it and you run with it, I'm not saying you have to perform, just embrace God and change it that you're going to shift this whole region. I feel like you will. I believe it more than I don't believe it. Like, I really believe it. I have hope in it, and hope doesn't disappoint. The question is, do you have hope in it? Do you believe something about you, if you encounter God in such a way, it can shift your whole family? It may not happen in a day. It may not happen in a week. It may not happen in a month. It may happen in a month. I don't know. But it will happen eventually. It's just a matter of when, when you have hope. So just raise your hands to God right now. Lord, we just ask right now, Lord, that you'd come. Lord, we ask that you would come in a way you haven't came before. Lord, that we'd ask that you'd come in a way that you haven't come before. Lord, that you'd give wisdom. Lord, you'd pour out wisdom right now on these young people. That there'd be radicalness. I didn't release these testimonies to make myself look good. I released these testimonies because if you do it for me, you'll do it for them. Even in Scripture, what you did for people in Scripture, you will do it for us. Lord, give them a hunger 
that's overwhelming them. Just, just keep raising your hand to God. I just feel like I'm just going to speak over a few people, and then what I'm going to do is I'm going to release you to prophesy over each other, okay? I just felt when I saw you, I felt like there was ideas and inventions in you. I felt like there was a creative resource about you that you just, your mind sometimes thinks and creates things and just, you know, it's like, hey, this problem needs to be fixed. Let me create a solution to fix it. Like, I just feel like there's something about you that connects things to get things done. And I feel like God's going to raise you up with a creative resource that's going to help problem-solve situations that's going to that's gonna allow you to succeed and gr- give you much favor in life. And I feel like the Lord's going to really bless you, even, even in wealth as you get older. And I just feel like you're going to be so giving and kind. And I just feel like you're going to bring a lot of people with you. I feel like there's a loyalty about you, even as, as the Lord's creating a leadership quality about you that you're going to take people with you wherever you go. It's like if you get blessed, you bless everyone around you. And there's something on you that you're going to help raise up leaders under you. And you're going to teach people how to think in, in, with the, think with God. Like, don't underestimate ideas, but just think with God. So, Lord, that you just bless them so much. Just bless them so much. Let them fulfill the callings on his life. Let them live in the kingdom of God. Let them live in the kingdom of God. I saw you, it's almost like it's almost like you were running around in a circle. And it, it was like it was almost like where you play the game, ring around the rosy, and you like two people get up and you try to beat the person to the spot. I saw you just running around in a circle like you were playing a game. And I asked God what what you're doing, and he said, She's just enjoying herself and being herself. But when you ran around just to have fun, it's almost like I saw a fire, a ring of fire around it. And I felt like her I felt like the Lord says when she enjoys herself it becomes holy ground everything around her. And I feel like you're stepping into a new place of supernatural encounters. And I feel like there's going to be things in the future that happen to you where God gives a glory on you. And I don't know what that is, but you know, my wife actually got to speak at a conference and feathers started to fall. Her and I just feel like there's going to be some awesome, you know, it's like we don't pursue that stuff, but sometimes God just does that stuff. And I feel like you're going to encounter different glories at different times. And it's going to just, it's not going to lead you to that. It's going to lead you to him, his face, his, how awesome he is. And I feel like the Lord's just saying that you're just going to rejoice and enjoy him all the, all the time. And I see you, I see you almost coming into people that are in a bad mood or even depressed, like young women and because of the joy on you, it shifts their atmosphere completely. I just feel like you're such an at- there's such an atmosphere shifting on your life. And I think God's doing something real special with you. And I just even feel like, even as you were celebrating with her, I just feel like you're, you're almost like a dynamic duo. It's like if one doesn't get you, the other one will. And I just feel like, People aren't going to be able to get away. I feel like other girls aren't going to get away from you guys. And I just see you almost like there was a person standing in the side, and you're like, how can we celebrate when that person's 
hurting, and you go and you change their atmosphere and you invite them in. And I feel like you're going to see some almost like there's things you do in the natural, but then there's things that happen in the supernatural. And I feel like you're going to see God do supernatural things around you. And as you get older, I feel like there's going to be a big group of people around you that just love Jesus, who didn't even care about Jesus or raised in trouble homes. But there's going to be a group of girls around you that just love Jesus and are passionate about him because it's just like you're fueled with God's glory and God's goodness. And I even see, I saw a book open in front of you, and I just, I just felt like there's something about you that loves to read and just that gets something out. And I just feel like there's almost like a writing gift and a poetic gift on your life. And I just feel like you're able to, uh, and maybe it's almost like you're able to journal things of the glory of God. And I just feel like there's, thi- there's some things you're going to write that are really going to open people's hearts and release people's hearts into God's goodness. And I just even feel like there's something, even the scriptures, when you open them up, are gonna start to, you're going to start to understand and get revelation from them greater than you have before. Would it, you just bless her? Just bless her. Mm. See, I could, we could do this. I could do this all night to everyone, but we don't have enough time. And you know what? I, sometimes the best words you don't get from the speaker, you actually get from the person standing aside of you. So we're, I feel like the spirit, I feel like there's a spirit of intercession here, but I, I feel like there's a spirit, uh, I was actually going to say prophecy, but I said intercession. But I, I feel like there's also a prophetic word that's flowing through here. And I feel like I'm going to release you guys and some of the words that are going to be given from you guys are actually going to shift things in people's life. Sometimes you can prophesy things, and then sometimes you just declare things, and they change, you know, they change their outcome. And they change what God's doing. So, so I just, I've spoken things over people's life, and it's like, it wasn't there before, and then I speak it, and all of a sudden it happens, you know? like. And I would give you examples, but I don't want to keep talking, so... Holy Spirit, you just come as fire and just set on, on, on heads right now, so that they can just, so they can just start praying for each other. That, that there would be prophetic words released right now that would shift atmospheres and change hearts. I know that some inca- some people in here are going to encounter things that I, I mean, I'm not done encountering you, God. We know, we both know that. Uh, I'm only started, but they're really only started. And some of them are going to see things that I wished and dreamed of to see or do things that I only, dr- only could dream about or can't even dream about because it's in your mind and not mine. So, Lord, we just release it. We're going to walk into places that I could never go and into platforms, going to have platforms. And, uh, man, there's, there's a place for uh, worshipers. I see a bunch of people. There's going to be a bunch of worshipers that raised up out of here. I can, I can feel, I can't see the person, but I can see dots being connected around the room of worshipers that are going to be raised up that are going to bring the glory of God in ways that I p- feel like people are going to get knocked over just by how God shows up with your hearts. There's something God's doing right now, shifting things in your life. So Lord, that you just come, that you'd speak to them clearer than ever before. 
that they declare things over each other like never before. So I'm releasing you guys. If everybody just stands up right now, you just find a person, and I just want you to start prophesying to them, speaking God's truth, and then switch, and the other person, whatever picture comes into your mind, whatever thought comes in, a lot of times God works creatively in your mind. Just, just, just go. If you only have one word, start with one word. If you have a hundred words, start with that. But I just feel like God's going to release things that are going to shift things in your life. Just go ahead. Even while I'm talking, just go ahead. Tell them what you see. There's amazing things that you see. It's coming. Keep going. I feel something shifting right now. I just feel something shifting. The Holy Spirit's coming. Keep going. Don't stop. Don't stop. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Awesome. So, so right now, we're just going to release you guys. You can keep in your, if you're praying for things, speaking into th- people's life. You can keep going. Uh, I really feel like words are changing hearts, are shifting things forever in people's lives right now. <coughs> From you guys, um, I'll be up here. If anybody wants prayer or a prophetic word, I'll, I'll stay around and pray for people. Other than that, you guys are released. Enjoy each other. Enjoy God. Have fun. Uh, just try to be respectful of the people that are praying yet. Um, but, you know, enjoy yourself. God likes to laugh, likes to have fun. So thanks so much. You guys are amazing. A real honor to be here. I bless you guys as you go and as you stay. This podcast was recorded live at a Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.